0: Welcome to Knock Talk, North of Center's podcast about the challenges of leading in a world that operates at the speed of send. During this episode, Knock CEO, Cliff W. Gilmore and Knock COO, B.J. Fitzpatrick, Jr. discuss ways to deal with the decisions that fall in a leader's lap and how to develop decision makers within your team.
1: Hello and welcome to Knock Talk. I'm Cliff W. Gilmore, CEO of North of Center. With me is Knock COO, B.J. Fitzpatrick, Jr today we're going to talk about a leaders responsibility to solve a variety of problems specifically those that are brought to your uh, to you by your team members um, you know solving problems and making decisions is very much a part of what leadership is all about um, leadership is all about a whole lot of things but but solving problems making decisions is is uh, top of the list near the top of the list and um, it's it's that's one of the things that makes leadership hard uh, if it were easy, uh, anybody could do it. And uh, when it comes right down to it, part of being in a position of leadership is knowing and understand uh, knowing and understanding your uh, authority and responsibility for making decisions, uh, knowing and understanding when it's your job to make it, when you need to refer that problem up to, uh, to a higher up leader to make a decision, uh, or when you need to just sort of uh, free your own people up to be making decisions on their own. Uh, I've talked in the past a bit about the GADO concept, that's guide, advise, direct, and overwatch. And uh, a big piece of leadership decision-making is that uh, communicating that clear GAD to your own people so that they have the guidance, advice, and direction they need to make decisions. And then you're in an overwatch position where you can let those folks run. Uh, You can be looking up and out but you've given them the guidance they need to know when they can make a decision or when they need to turn and look back over their shoulder to you and ask for help or permission uh, to continue moving forward. Uh, That's my intro for this. Uh, BJ, I'm gonna do that classic thing I do, hand the mic over to you and see what you have to say to start things off a bit.
2: Well, I think we have a lot of experience here, Cliff, in in a number of different ways. Uh, We've had people come to us uh, in, in breathless excitement, boss, I have this, we have to have a decision right then. And you have to figure out, uh, uh, do I have a decision to make right now? Is this the emergency it seems to my uh, person who's coming in to relay it to me? Uh, And and do we need to go the place that that they're trying to lead me? And experience plays a lot into that. Um, But if you don't have that experience, hopefully us talking, uh, going through a lot of these in detail, telling you some stories that we've had, maybe sometimes we've fallen for it, uh, or, or actually gotten over it, uh, can help people out. Ken, you know, another thought that comes to my mind
1: on that, BJ, is, is a sort of a standing rule I've held on to for a long time, which is just don't surprise your boss. Um, if, uh, if you find yourself making a decision that you think your boss uh, should be involved in and, say, isn't available... Uh, then you, you need to get to them as soon as possible and let them know you've made the decision just so that they can stay oriented on what's going on. Um, but uh, the same goes down the chain for you. You, you want to be teaching your own folks not to surprise you. Uh, that doesn't mean that surprising things won't happen, uh, but what it does mean is you need to be able to articulate your guidance, advice, and direction to your team members in a, in a good clear way so that they know when they're free to make decisions and they know when they really do need to turn to you and say, hey, sir, uh, hey, ma'am, hey, uh, hey Cliff. Uh, I've got the old military sir and ma'am thing in my mind here. But, uh, but, but in any organization, your subordinates need to know when they're free to make a decision and act on it and then inform you afterwards and when they need to turn to you and say, hey, this decision needs to be happening at your level or, or they, they think it does. And uh, you, you hit on a key piece there, BJ. When somebody brings a problem to you for decision, one of the first things to do is just a quick assessment of, of urgency. Um, you know, the, the sense of urgency often down in, in a certain section or a certain department may be different than, than the urgency up at, at a higher level within the organization. Uh, and certainly uh, it's also possible that, uh, you know, up at your level of leadership, you could be moving along at a certain pace and then someone out there within your organization gets caught up in something or recognizes a problem that really does have to become the driving factor for you for that day. Um, I can offer a little bit of confidence in that uh, having advised leaders all the way up to and including the the number two most senior guy in the U.S. military, my most uh, common guidance for him when something was was popping up in the beginning of the day uh, was to tell him, uh, just go on with your plan of the day. Your team has this. We'll get with you when when it's time to uh, to bring you into the decision making. More often than not, if you've given good guidance, advice, and direction to your team, they uh, they they can they can move forward and they can bring you questions and and request for help or permission. And you can take a breath. And that's one of the biggest things you can help your subordinates do is just take a breath and um, sort of de- deflate some of the urgency that's often in in a problem that comes your way, help put that problem into context within the broader workings of your organization. And as a leader, then make a decision about where the decision fits and where it, where and when it has to be made.
2: Let's talk about different kinds, Cliff. Cause there's, there's, there's different kinds of I'll call them interruptions because these things never come at the convenient times. Sure. Uh, they just kind of come. Um, and and the different kinds, of, I know there's there's some where uh, there's there's the alarmist. The, the sky is falling, uh, and you know almost every time they've set themselves up to not be believed uh, because they are known as alarmists. Uh, there's some uh, that aren't as comfortable with themselves. Even if you might have provided that gad, and and, and they still are unsure and a little bit scared to make that uh, decision at their own level. So they, they throw it to you every time. There's a couple different types. Uh, There's some looking for attention and then there's some looking to, to pull one over on you or or to trick you or get you to do something uh, you, you didn't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I've had all of them.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Um, And and it's, it's so interesting how this decision-making piece uh, factors in, or over, you know, sort of ties in with uh, with time management. Uh, ties in with uh, with providing that good, clear guidance, advice, and direction. Uh, it ties in with trust, and uh, both building trust within your organization and uh, trusting your own personnel <clears throat> to to make effective decisions. Um, and um, you know, trusting that they'll let you know when when the right time is is there for you to be involved. Um, Let's uh, let's take a look at the sky is falling type of folks first that uh, and I've, I've had plenty of those where, you know, every, everything was a number one priority from from the, the perspective of the person who is knocking on my door regularly. And here I'm talking about somebody within my team. So I'll, I'll use the language of subordinate somebody with, within my team that was a direct report um, and, and you know answerable to me. Uh, and I've had plenty of those who who would, would come to me with almost every time they showed up at my door, my first thought would be, okay, well, this is going to be framed as an urgent problem that needs a decision now, now, now. And I'd have to blink a couple times, take a breath on my own and, and be prepared to ask some good questions and to put this thing in context and, uh, and then provide, you know, modified GAT to send that person out, uh, you know, out back in, back into the operations where, uh, where they had the information they needed uh, uh, on how to move forward and also, when to come back to me to to check on that progress? Um, the when you have somebody who's doing that, though, who, who's coming to you every time with, you know, this is this is huge, this is big, this is going to be a disaster. Um, that that is a challenge to deal with over time when it comes to developing that subordinate as well. And uh, this takes me to another, well, almost sort of a stream of consciousness thought here that. You can work through the problem in the near term and and make the decision, but you have to have an after action uh, uh, activity that goes on there. So once somebody has come to you with the problem, you've helped make the decision about it, you've guided them on, you get through that issue. You've got to come back with them at some point and sit down when it's calm and just talk through what that decision making process was all about. Uh, determine, you know, lessons learned. What, what was learned from it? Uh, what, what did they take away from it? What can they use about that that event to help better inform their decision making process down the road? Uh, and even what can you do as a leader to better clarify that gap that you offer up to folks on when they should come uh, come looking for you? Uh, I'll bridge on over. I think uh, you, the next one you suggested was somebody who maybe just lacks a bit of confidence and is coming to you regularly saying, what do I do? What do
2: I do? What do I do? I've had that with a person who is very mature and made great calls, always backed up with every scientific or or every piece of uh, history in, in, in the decision could not have been a better decision maker. And yet sometimes maddeningly, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And it's like, yes, those are all great calls. Why are you asking me about this? You could have done that you know, an hour ago.
1: And that, that's an interesting point there, BJ, when you do have somebody coming to you with, from that perspective where you know, you, you know that you trust them as a, as a subordinate, you, you're confident you've given them good guidance, uh, you're confident that they can make excellent decisions. <clears throat> One of the approaches I've used with, with folks like that when they come to me is that uh, um, I'll rely on just asking them questions and, uh, about what they're doing, about what the problem is, get them to articulate it and describe it in their own way and then ask them what they recommend. And, you know, if they've laid out a couple of different recommendations for a way to go, you can ask them questions about each one of those. And um, it's, it's in the sort of the guise of asking them so that you can make an informed decision as a leader. But, but the approach that I use on that is, is to walk them through that description and then ask them what their recommendation is and once they've made, you know, if they've made a sound recommendation, then tell them, you know what, that's a solid recommendation. Let's go ahead and go with that. Do you have any questions about, you know, what you need to do next? And, and send them on the way and keep things moving. But then again, afterwards, once, once uh, you know, whether it's the day that's wrapped up or the specific issues wrapped up, you got to bring those folks back and sit down and talk with them just briefly to walk them through that process and make them comfortable that with the decision that they made. And, and if it was a decision they should have been allowed to make, you need to make sure that's clear and, and you've articulated it to them. So the next time around they feel good making that decision. And if you go through that deliberate process a few times, you can develop that subordinate decision maker to a point where they have that comfort that they need. And, and frankly, it, it can be really um, unsettling uh, as, as a subordinate to have a leader look at you and say, this is where I need you to go, this is what I need you to do, and I need you to be making decision A, B, and C, and then just inform me. That can be really daunting to a lot of folks, particularly young or, or new leaders, who are, are still trying to get their feet under them and, and build that confidence and decision-making they need. So um, the a really essential piece of that is the, the conversation afterwards where you can continue to mentor and, and coach folks through their own decision-making and make them comfortable making the decisions that you want them
2: to be making over time. Yeah. The, uh, on, on a similar line, uh, different reason, uh, as I alluded to in the beginning, the breathless, Uh, somebody comes into your office we got we got this problem and it and and goes on from there and you need to make a decision and you need to call this person and you need to make a change and you need and and I've had that happen a million times um and it's not because of any ulterior motive or reason or anything it's just the fact that they are so bogged down by the by, the thing that's we we talked about in the one podcast uh, being too close to the map, uh, they're so close to the problem that it looks like every bit the emergency they've been told it is, and they believe it is, and they're then telling you it is, and probably you could probably ask some people, and they'd say annoyingly so. But there are many times that I've said, "Why do I have to do this?" You say, "I have to do all these things." Why is that my job now? And make someone explain it. And you're not going, okay, quick, tell me why you're saying, why is that my problem? And the person has to explain it to you and slow down and start breathing. Okay. If I do what you say, what's going to happen for us here? And if I don't do what you say, what's going to happen for us? Okay. Now, Help me out again with what the timeline is for this. Do I have to call right this minute or do I even have to make this decision right now? Okay. And so you start working through those. And and just like you're saying, Cliff, you get to a part where they go, Oh, and sometimes they will turn on their heel and walk away and go solve the problem and let it go. Or you'll then kind of back up and go, okay, so let's talk about this problem. What is the problem? Okay, so the system allows us to do X, Y, and Z, and there's many times where you can get right to the bottom of the problem, and I'm going to make a parallel here, Cliff, mid-podcast, but it kind of goes like we talk about coaching a lot. People say, how can you help coach me if you're not involved in my industry? Because you're a little further away from the problem, and so many times the person being coached knows the answers, just somebody who's got some experience, uh, they're not tied up in the moment, can pull the answers to the questions. And, and so many times, you know the answer to your own question, and you just need somebody to calm it down and start breaking it down in its pieces and come back. So doing this and, and helping somebody who comes to you can be a lot like the coaching thing. I'm a, an accidental advert right there, but uh, <laughs> but but I jumped on. No, you hit it. And you know, we said
1: at the beginning of this discussion that a, a significant part of leadership is that authority and responsibility to be making decisions and to, to manage problems. Um, but another significant part of that leadership responsibility is developing your subordinates and turning them into effective decision makers and, and making them, building the trust within your organization so that, that that individual has the confidence they need to make good decisions uh, and trust that you will back their play. Uh, and trust that if they make a decision that doesn't work out, that you're not going to bring the hammer down on them, uh, so, so long as they were making a decision in, in, uh, in accordance with the guidance and, and the intent that you had spelled out over time. Uh, and I, I've told folks that numerous times. Um, it, it's, it's a habit over time, uh, as a leader, you know, letting folks know that, you know, here's my GAD. Um, here's what's coming up. Uh, you know, I'll do my best to say Uh, these are the circumstances where you know you better pick the phone up or walk into my office either way get in touch with me to get me involved but absent you know say uh, mark a b or c uh, those triggers you have my uh you know delegated uh, authority to make those decisions along the way and by doing that um you're building the confidence in the individual and then you need to let them make those decisions and you need to walk them through the after action, uh, both to uh, refine their decision-making process, but also to affirm it. If they're doing well, you want to make sure that you walk through that process and let them know where they did it right and, and get them comfortable with that process so that uh, that you can have a team where you spend a, a, a bulk of your time in that overwatch position where you're able to look up and out for your organization and you can let those folks run and you've got an eye on them, but you also have the confidence that they know when to turn back to you for help. And then over time, you, you start to reduce the number of times when somebody comes back to you asking for that help and permission. And you really, it's, it's almost a quality management sort of scenario where you know, by building the trust and confidence that your people have in your guidance and giving them the freedom to make decisions and then reaffirming that decision-making cycle, what you're doing is improving a process and improving the team and ultimately freeing yourself up to be a more effective leader yourself so that you, you don't have a parade of people constantly coming into your office, asking you to, to, you know, to make decisions that you've delegated out and that you, you want other folks to make. Um, you know, the, there's also, uh, you know, we've talked about some a variety of different subordinates that will come to you. Some of them will be the, the sky's falling folks. Everything's a crisis. Uh, some folks will be just, they lack a certain amount of confidence. They, they just need your constant affirmation uh, about decisions they're going to be making. You might also have somebody who's truly just new and learning new employees in particular. They're trying to get comfortable with you as a leader or with the organization that they're working in. Uh, they may be, as you gave one of those examples, uh, somebody who is, is incredibly experienced, incredibly capable, knows what they're doing, but they're new to the position and they're new to the leadership relationships in the organization. And that comes to some of the core truths of communication-based leadership, which is the framework we use for our coaching and consulting work. And, and those truths include the fact that leadership is about relationships. That you need to be building relationships with your subordinates um, so that they're ready to communicate with you in real time, and they know when they can uh, they can be comfortable that they're thinking and making decisions in accordance with your thinking. Um, an, another truth of communication-based leadership is that enduring leadership success requires trust, and and that's a two-way a two-way thing. It's between you and your subordinates. Um, it, well, it's it's two ways, but. it's a web. Uh, You know, you have to have trust between each of your subordinates. You have to have trust between your subordinates. Uh, You have to have trust up the chain and down. But you have to build those relationships, those leadership relationships, and create the trust environment that allows people to make decisions in keeping with the guidance that you've provided. And so if you have a new employee on the front end, they're probably going to come to you more often than, than you want Um, to, To be asking you for your input and your help in making decisions. And again, as with the other cases, this is so handy because it's really as a leader that the tools are fairly universal, regardless of who's coming to you, the things that you need to do are very much the same. And that is walk them through their decision making process, clarify your guidance, advice and direction, and help them make those decisions and then afterwards, walk them through it in retrospect, so that you can you can have them learn from that process and grow in comfort over time with making decisions on their own. Um, you talked uh, early as well, BJ, about you know when you do have those problems that are the true OMG that, that this has to there's something that just popped up needs to be brought to your awareness as a leader right away, <clears throat> and, and may very well require a decision right away. But it's important to remember i think that a decision doesn't necessarily mean take action your decision may be to uh, send out more queries for information or send your team out to be looking for uh, for more things uh it could be then to just turn and say hey i've identified thanks for bringing that to my attention there's something that may be a problem here there may be action that needs to be taken but my decision right now is to watch and observe and gather more information and let things move a little bit further before I make a decision on action of some sort, or before I make a decision to pick up my own phone and call up to my boss and raise a flag of some sort. Uh, And throughout that whole thing comes that idea of don't surprise your boss, but as a leader, then you need to explain and develop that sense of what surprising you would mean. Um, and, And that goes back to that idea of, of articulating your clear guidance, advice, and direction, and letting folks know where they have sort of the left-right limits for decision-making and you know when they need to call you versus when they need to make a decision and then let you know they made
2: that decision. So uh, during those times when uh, the, the situation actually is tense, the decision does need to be made. It's funny how things can turn also. Uh, that you just realize it, it's a complex decision has to be made. Uh, the boss has to get up to speed real quick. And the next thing, you know, the boss is going, so tell me what the background is on this and, and boom, boom, boom. So um, tell me what the requirements are for. So, so what are you saying? And, and they may say, well, it sounds like we need to do. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I just wanted to hear it from you. And all of a sudden the team member, becomes the person giving the guidance to his boss or her boss and the boss is listening intently and trusting that that information because then the decision will be made on that and and the tides turn and they go back and forth and it's kind of a neat dynamic when you do that because you know the people that that you're going to look at and go What's it mean when we do this? Well, according to and and you're, there's the, there's the geek guy who just knows every single rule under the sun and can and can trace them all out and and somebody who's got a real good feel for making decisions and 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 give you new feedback on those and it's a, it's a neat dynamic when the boss is determining how everything's going to go and we're going to do it. Then the boss turns back for affirmation of what's about to go on. Not boss, you're great, you go. Uh, but more, no sir, th- uh, you know this is the best work we have to prove that this is the right decision. We we got your play. Uh, We've been looking into it. We've done the work. We've done everything. We know the rules and regulations uh, because, and now you're making the right call based on our whole team.
1: Well, and as a leader, you have that responsibility and the authority for making decisions and handling problems. And that's, that's a core part of leadership. And that's, that's why we have them, Uh, uh, you know, ultimately, no matter how flat your organization is or how collaborative it is, Somebody uh, gets. Somebody's got the laser dot on them. somebody. Somebody has mm-hmm. to make the decision and then take responsibility for that decision. And as, as a leader, it's it's absolutely vital to keep in mind that no matter what decision you make, you you can only make the best decision possible based on the information that you have available at the time. Um, I I don't I don't think I have ever made a decision where I didn't learn something else soon after, sometimes immediately after that might have shaped my decision and and made it slightly different. But that is that burden of responsibility of of making the decision about when to make a decision that, uh, you know, you have to you have to distill the gray that you're wading through into black and white for a period when a decision has to be made. And, uh, and, and, then as that leader, take a look and make, make a hard decision about making a decision. Uh, that sounds like layers. I'm talking, talking like layers of layers here, but making a decision is one thing, making a decision about when to make that decision is another decision. And, and when something comes your way, one of the hardest parts I've found is distilling the gray into black and white, and then looking at it saying, all right, well, I, I can, I, do I have to make a decision about action now, or can I hold off a bit, gather some more information, uh, and, and hold and make that action decision a little bit later down the road. But ultimately whenever you make it and whenever you direct action to be taken, you have to be able to take responsibility for that decision and frankly be prepared to learn something new a short time later that might've changed your complete perspective on that. Um, and, and that is, I'm not even sure that's something that can be taught uh, as, as it is something that's, that becomes a leadership skill based on experience over time. Um, I, I know when I was a young leader, uh, I was prone to react and make action decisions much more rapidly than, than I was say 20 years down the road when, uh, when problems would come my way as a leader. Um, on the other hand, I also know that I ran into some some uh, colleagues at my junior leader level who rather than being uh, feeling like they were pressured to make decisions quickly, they were absolutely hesitant to make decisions at a, a more junior leadership level. They, they were prone to just wait and gather info. And if any, if it was a sort of two two ends of an extreme, extreme parallel there uh, early on for me. I was prone to make decisions and take action a little more quickly than than was often the best. Uh, And I had colleagues who were prone to hold off longer than was the best. But in both cases, uh, the idea of having senior leaders working with us was to get us to a better spot where we were able to recognize the difference between, I've got to act now, and it's okay to take a breath and wait a little bit here. Um, What I have learned and and grown to accept and and appreciate over time, over decades of, of leadership experience, has been there's almost always time to stop and take a couple of breaths and get reoriented on a problem. Uh, and one of sort of the semi facetious phrases I, I use is uh, particularly with Marines, where it would resonate as well. If nobody's shooting us or trying to kill us. We're going to be okay. Let's take a breather. You know, are any lives on the line? Now, certainly in most uh, most civilian uh, jobs, uh, most businesses, I would say. It, it's a rare occurrence that you have immediate life is on the line problems going on. Um, but you still have significant decisions that will impact lives you know, throughout your organization, whether it's decisions about pay and benefits, or whether it's decisions about hiring or decisions about firing, those sorts of things. Um, but I have yet to find a time. I um, don't oh know, I have found times. I, it's been rare that I've found a time when I couldn't stop and just take a couple of breaths. And get oriented on something. Um, And and arguably, if you're a more senior leader and you find yourself in a in a place where you have to constantly make decisions fast and immediately uh, about action that needs to be taken, you're you're probably wrong. Odds are you've gotten pulled down into a trench somewhere and you're doing junior leadership work or even maybe line line worker work. And and you're not where you should be in Overwatch as a leader, watching the whole pattern of things going on and making sure that you can provide context across the span of your team for where those decisions and actions need to fit.
2: Absolutely. That I think we're about at wrap up time, uh, I think, here. So uh, that's a good way to to wrap it up, because uh, staying at the right level, having decisions at the right level, going back to what you said initially, the, you know, Given that GAD, so people have a general understanding. If you've give GAD, one of the first things you can count on is you're going to get something that slips right in the middle of the guidance you've given, and your, your team's going to have to figure it out. And if they try to figure it out and use good uh, awareness of themselves, good, tell them about it, because now you're growing. Now things are happening. So uh, I won't beat that one to death. I think uh, that's been about a half hour, and we said we'd do a half hour. So
1: You think we've come there? So, uh, yeah, the topic of this discussion was – making decisions when people bring you problems and that uh, certainly uh, uh, making decisions about problems is one of the key things about being a leader. And we walked through several different, uh, several different things to consider Uh, knowing your own people and, and what kind of, uh, you know, what their personalities are and what they're prone to bring to you. Um, Articulating good, clear guidance, advice, and direction, putting yourself into that overwatch position and giving your people the permission to move forward within your guidance but also building that confidence that they have both to make decisions and to know when they should stop and look over their shoulder to you and ask for help or permission. And if you can set those things up, you'll be on a good track to succeed as a leader, no matter what size your team is or where you are in your, your leadership experience or position within the organization. But thanks very very much for your time with us today. We hope you found it valuable. This is Cliff W. Gilmore signing off and VJ Fitzpatrick Jr. uh, also signing off with you. We look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks very much.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Knock Talk, please recommend us to friends and colleagues who may also find these discussions helpful. To learn more about how communication-based leadership can help you navigate successfully in a world that operates at the speed of send, visit our website at www.northofcenter.com. You can also drop us a line anytime with your leadership questions or to recommend future Knock Talk topics at ReachKnock at NorthOfCenter.com. That's N O C at NorthOfCenter.com. Finally, we want to extend our sincere thanks to Forrest Reed, who produced this episode.